Maddie. And I'm Kat, and you are listening to Club Club Dead. Our, that's right, that's, that's the podcast. That's what, uh, our True Blood rewatch podcast that nobody asked for, but we thought, you know what, fuck it. We're, we're going to talk some shit on True Blood. And we're givers. You, we are. We've talked about our love language, and we're gift givers, and you're here for that. So and, Yeah, and, and many other topics we probably shouldn't talk about in polite company, but you know what? I'm assuming the people who listen to this aren't polite anyway. I was going to say they're trashy, not polite company. <laughs> yeah, they're watching trashy, sexy vampire stuff. So that's what we've got. Sexy vampires. Sexy vampires. Um, let's preface this uh, episode with a few different things. Yep. Um, we are in week two of lockdown in New South Wales. That looks nothing like a lockdown, everybody, just so you know. It's everybody, a state home order. New South Wales doesn't lock down. We don't lock down. Uh, a friend of mine who lives in the inner west area was at Woolworths earlier this morning at Marrickville Metro, I'm assuming, and they posted a picture of Marrickville Metro food court in entirely packed of people oh, and people shopping it. and nobody with it. fucking masks on. And I was I like, no, I want to, I want to get out of here. Tomorrow is my six year. Tomorrow is the 4th of July and it is my six year anniversary with my partner, Ned. And I don't even get to see him because he lives like in a different local like government area to me. And so we kind of made this pact where if we're in lockdown, we will communicate like on Zoom or, yes. um, which is totally fine um, because of my immune system. I don't really want to be traveling while he's still working. So Fair. I, yeah. I made a quick dash um, up to my local EB games because I'd ordered click and collect for my mouse. It was the only thing I was going there for. I got a yeah. mouse today um, and there was barely anyone there. Everyone is wearing masks, which is totally great. Except for the fact that my mother-in-law's shop is still open. She is the only jeweler in the centre that is open. Why are they open? Who needs jewellery in a lockdown? Who's proposing in a lockdown? That's my, that's like Stockholm Syndrome proposing. Right. <laughs> um, so I gave her my rings, my, my my wedding ring and my engagement ring to be cleaned. Because that's I haven't been right. cleaned for ages. And she was messaging me. She was telling me the next day when I'd, I'd gone to pick them up, socially distancing, which is fine. We're all good. Um... The, yeah, people people apparently like that week had been walking through the shopping center with no masks Ugh. because the because the assumption was that there would be nobody there. Yeah, I'm just quickly ducking in. Yeah, except everybody had that assumption. Yes. Um. So with that in mind, we are drinking adult beverages. Yes. Uh, we recommend you do too. Um, Please to have a beer responsibly. Responsibly. We are um, drinking seltzer. We are drinking seltzer. I am drinking natural lime white claw because I'm the whitest girl alive. And I have a Straubs and Cream Fizzer by Moondog Brewery. So I like Moondog's uh, beer and cider. So I thought I'd give this a go. So if either like Moon, what was it, Moondog? Yeah. Moondog or White Claw want to uh, sponsor us, we'll be down. We're here. We're here. It's an over 18s podcast anyway. So yeah, you or, should over, be listening. or over 21, wherever you're listening from. If you're over 21, you're allowed to drink. If yeah. you're over 18 in Australia, Canada, the UK, anywhere but the US, you're allowed to drink. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the Netherlands, you can drink, like, wine from, like, 16. Yeah, I think that, like, some yeah, some European countries don't even have a drinking age at all. Yeah, they just kind of imply that maybe you should be this old to do it, but yeah. I'm not going to stop you. Man, yeah. Europe has some issues, but, God, they've got drinking culture down, right? Yeah, and the thing is, there are a lot of countries that it's like 
drinking isn't even a big issue there. I don't know. Like alcohol is a big is a big issue here. Uh, alcohol is such a big issue here. Yeah. Um, anyway, our drinking this, culture is fucked. Aside from all of that, um, so yeah, uh, we we're prepared for what we think will probably be a six million year lockdown. Yeah. Um, as always, point. the podcast will become unhinged as we consume more alcohol. You thought it was unhinged when we were sober. Mm. Prepare yourselves. Oh, I had to burp. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so um, that's. One preface. That's one preface. The other preface is we are going to be talking more about child abuse and sexual assault and all that kind of stuff in yep. this episode. Um, and drug addiction. And drug um, addiction, yeah. Yes. Um, like we said last week and like we're going to say for all of the episodes where we're going to preface some rough shit, if this episode is going to trigger some stuff, don't listen. There are plenty more episodes where we don't have to preface things with awful things that have happened. Um, There'll be or, some good episodes. Yeah. Or uh, I'm going to plug you here, Cat. Go listen to Cat's other podcast, TVIFR. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. Some of those, like today we talked about one on mental health and um, gaslighting and manipulation. So if you if you like horror movies, yes, come and hang out. We'll, we'll have you. There, I'll, there is some, there I'll, is have you. I'll have you. I'll have you. We'll have you. Um, there, are some, there are some good episodes in that, which I also recommend because I listen to it. Ah, uh, you do too. I yes. do. We talked about It and The Lodge today. So, Ooh. And my I haven't seen special. It. The new one? You haven't seen it? I haven't seen either. <gasps> the original am, is terrifying. <laughs> but, and this is like, I haven't seen a lot of things, but I'm aware of their social impacts. Yeah. It's like it. I'm aware. There is a, a reference to it in one of the games that I play on stream, um, which is called Save Decay 2. And as you drive past okay. the pipe, there is a floating um, paper boat and a red That's balloon. Cool. That's cool. And you don't notice it. I didn't notice it until I like stopped. I was like, what the fuck was that? that and the it is. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm um, aware of the cultural impacts of it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. My nieces are obsessed with Pennywise. Um, They've never seen the movies. They don't know that Pennywise comes from a movie, but there is a Pennywise character in a game, like a game within Roblox that they play. And um, so they're obsessed with Pennywise. Um, And to bring it back, the guy who plays it in the new movies is Alexander Skarsgård's brother. So it all comes back around. That's Skarsgård. I'm not just talking shit for the first five minutes it's god territory over here yeah exactly it's god's god territory um so yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, start. let's get into it i guess um yeah, yeah so the summary uh tara's alcoholic mother is convinced that she needs an exorcism and when tara refuses to pay she tries to get a loan from the local bank <sighs> i honestly i love the scene because it's so funny but i'm just like damn we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some shit oh yeah, yeah. Gonna be talking about some shit. Some shit. Um, uh, but like most True Blood episodes, this episode starts with Sookie bonking. I mean, yes. most episodes most, most episodes start with Sookie. This one starts with Sookie, Sookie bonking. There we go. Because I was like, ah, uh, she just lost her virginity, Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, as the, I, I will Let's rephrase. Relax. As most True episodes, uh, True Blood episodes start, <laughs> there is sex. I mean, it's <laughs> awkward looking sex. Um, I wrote here, Bill and Sookie are in the middle of making bloody love. Oh, he calls it making love too, and I'm like, I know. of course you do. It is such big, not like the other girls' energy. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate like um, I'm such a big anti making love person because I just I. It's such a. There are so many. My my favorite one is bumping uglies. <laughs> I just call it having sex. 
Uh, what else we got? Knock and boots. Yeah. I'll look up um, euphemisms for sex. Hang on. Shagging. Euphemisms uh, for sex. <laughs> We're the doing a vocabulary lesson. <laughs> the beast with two backs. Have you never heard of the beast with two backs? How? Oh. Because oh. You, oh. sometimes you face each other, so your and backs you're in... are out, and it's the beast with two backs. Oh my god, that's horrible. Oh no, your face. <laughs> <laughs> Making feet for the children's stockings. <laughs> oh! <laughs> your face is... Oh, I don't like that because I like I don't have sex to have kids. Personally, um, I'm reading a fossil article and it's like one is giving someone a green gown, oddly innocent sounding. This term is specifically for having sex in the middle of grass or a hillside. So oh, interesting. Ground. I get it. Yeah, <clears throat> um, grass, grass, grass stains on the back. Get it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, engaging in three to one and bound to lose. This one is a gambling metaphor and was usually said to by men. Oh, of course. Because um, it sounds the sh- stupid. <laughs> the shaking of the sheets. My mum used to say folding washing. And I was like, ugh. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, playing itch buttocks. What? <laughs> Grope for the chat in a peculiar river. <laughs> That one's from the that one's from the 1600s. Okay, I was gonna say that doesn't sound like of our time. Um, I'm trying to find one that's from the 1900s, but uh, haul someone's ashes. <gasps> this one was uh, this was from the early 20th century, and bizarrely could mean either beating someone up or having sex with them. Ashes was probably used as a euphemism for buttocks. <laughs> oh, there you go, making whoopee. Oh, yuck. Wine, someone's ball of yarn. Okay, please stop me. <laughs> uh, stop. I'm disconnecting you from the internet. <laughs> please do. Coming in to turn the internet off. I'm just, I'm just being removed from the internet. <laughs> that was that was only 26 euphemisms for sex. The next link is 400 euphemisms oh for sex. <laughs> How can you think of that many? Oh my god. Oh, oh. yuck. Yuck. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. So uh, we've, been, we've been recording for what ten minutes? Ten minutes. We're, this is unhinged. We're out. We're we should out. be banned. We should be banned from podcasting. Um. Yeah. So. So post coitus, uh, vampir- vampiris coitus, they take a bath, and this bath is really cool. It's actually I would like to be in that bath, not with Bill or Sookie. I mean, Sookie can stay, but. <laughs> I mean, the bath just looks so comfy. Like my it bath reminds is me, not It like reminds that. me of a Lush UK ad from a few yeah. years ago where they had the two the two men in it. It was like love is love. And all of the yeah. comments were like, this sets an unrealistic standard for children. They're going to think that you can fit two people comfortably into a bathtub. <laughs> because this, bath, yeah. this bathtub is the size of a small Olympic pool. Like it's so big. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like they can comfortably sit like one apart from the other and have a conversation without somebody getting mm. an eye like poked out by a foot. Yeah, or like well, 
like having your tits sitting up on your knees. Oh, that'd be so uncomfortable. No, thanks. Uh, I have a two-person spa corner bath, so I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, that'd I be just, good. I just, yeah, I just like that spread out. <sighs> My bath is like made for ants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do not fit in it. So Bill and Suki are talking post-coitus about um, things like cliches for vampires yeah and all the as myths it turns out that. yeah as it turns out vampires started a lot of those cliches <laughs> to be protected by things yeah which i thought was really cool so bill says to suki um because he is uh wiping off the steam in the mirror and she's like wait a minute i thought you were supposed to be invisible in the mirror and he says we started most of the myths about ourselves many centuries ago i hate the way he talks um if humans thought that we couldn't be seen in a mirror it was a, another way for us to prove that we weren't vampires and that way we could stay hid. Which is fair. Like, yeah. if you're a mythical creature, that's what you want to do. You want to be able to stay hidden without being, you know, subjected to... Which, yeah, like, they were hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, so what about holy water? It's just water. Crucifixes, he says. Holy geometry. Holy, holy water is just water that's got the hell boiled out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in... Christianity. It ex- I can't say that because it's like saying you don't believe in getting vaccinated because it exists. So it's like it's still less offensive than saying I don't believe in Santa, though. I think I prefer if you said I believed in Santa. <laughs> yeah, um, true. But if you're religious, that is your jam. That is. You it's you. not my jam. I am. Um, I am a non-theistic Satanist. So my my favorite chat. part of this. My favourite part of this conversation is Suki's talking about how she, she feels weak because Bill yeah. was drinking her blood while they were bonking. Mm. Um, well, they were making the beast with two backs. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Kat just, like, invisibly cringed. Um, but Bill tells Suki to take a B12 vitamin. A B12? And, like, that's what... Like, Maybe an iron supplement, like just you know, eat more red meat or something like that. But yeah, he's okay. like, you For should starters, take- as a vegan, once upon a time, not right now. Um, we would take B12, I'd get a B12 shot like every couple of months. Apparently, it's good for cold sores if you're chronic then- cold sores. Oh, interesting. I don't get chronic cold sores, but there you go for everyone out there. Um, you're welcome, your local club dead uh, medicinal doctors. doctors. As- Medicinal doctors, uh, because we have in, we have in great data, uh, discussed discussed medical things previously. Uh, please seek yes. proper medical attention or advice from actual people who have spent time at universities being doctors, yes. uh, not from us. As, as, yeah, as opposed to two random women on the internet talking about true blood. But I um I take iron tablets every day, and then a vitamin C. And vitamin B actually helps with the absorption of iron and vitamin C into your blood and bones. Well, there you go. And calcium. So, but I wouldn't take B12 and just B12. Like, there'd be other things going on, you know? So, um, my husband gets told that he has to go and and he hasn't done it yet, um, but he got told before last lockdown um, that he has an excess of iron in his blood. Oh, yeah. It's called hemochromatosis and it only happens to men. Yes, which can also be bad. So he has yes. to go and donate blood to get all the iron out. Yeah. Uh, I dated uh, someone's, someone back in, like, early 20s, and his dad had hemochromatosis and would actually have to go and sit in, like for an hour or two and have, like, his blood cleaned and then donate a whole bunch of it. 
Who's his dad? Uh, Keith Richards? No. <laughs> it's his dad, Keith Richards. No. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so Bill Bill is giving medical advice about how to keep his new food. Um, no garlic. No garlic. Um, which is where I'm out, by the way. Oh I, yeah. I, I actually have a note here that says no garlic, I'm out. Give me the true death. <laughs> Garlic is a love garlic. We've I've talked said, about this. Yeah, I've said to Jason before that garlic is a love language. You should measure it with your heart. It is. Um, Herbs, spices, and garlic love language. Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing says I love you like sauteing garlic onions and bacon to something. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, and so they they're just like continuing to have this discussion, and Suki is talking about like her previous experiences, which of yeah. which she hasn't really had any. And Bill says, I'm honoured that you chose me. So weird. It's, we, we said this before we started recording, was that we're going to have opinions on this because we don't believe that virgin, like virginity is something it's a, to be. It's, a, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not, a th- it's absolutely not a thing. Puritanicals place the value on women for being pure and it is sexist, misogynistic bullshit. Yes. And like the first time you do have sex for those who haven't, it it you should do it with somebody you know and somebody you trust because of things like pregnancy and STDs and Because it's also awkward. Um, and, it's and, you also share, and you want to share that experience with somebody who's not going to judge you, who's going to laugh at you yeah. the first time it happens. Like sex, sex is the most awkward thing in the I world, I reckon. Even to this day, it always will be. Yeah, and like it's 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 lots of fun. Don't get me wrong, lots of fun. Good um, fun. But it is like it's just the most awkward thing in the world to be like that. Humans are interlocking. Yeah. <laughs> like that was how we were. That's that's how we evolved. Humans are when interlocking. When to They're become like, one. Don't okay, make. I'm, oh God, she just sorry. made it very. That's gross. I just made a finger and a circle and put the finger in the circle. But um, it's just a uh, the whole social construct of virginity is disgusting. And, but I think it plays. Yeah. I think it plays into Suki's like Suki's whole character is that she yeah. is meant to be pure. She's meant to be this idea of virtue and that kind of thing. Mm. And then I love that they do it so that she loses her virginity to a vampire, who, in all accounts and for all accounts and purposes, in this series are seen as dark, dirty perversions. Yeah. So for her chosen first time, she's got to fuck something that's not pure. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of this real breakdown. Dirty, that yeah, exactly. Exactly, because you don't expect Suki to um, have kinks or yeah. things like that because she is, she's been put up as this virtuous woman. Mm, so Which that, also, stop putting women on pedestals. That's gross. <laughs> We're not perfect. We're all I'm psychopathic. also scared of heights. So psychopathic. Um, what? I mean, I'm psychopathic. Maybe not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit. Um, okay, so now another trigger warning. We're going to start talking about child abuse. If this... Yes doesn't do your jam you know skip forward yeah skip forward don't worry about this episode as always we don't judge um you're listening to us talk about slutty vampires don't judge us we won't judge you yeah exactly um so this is where suki kind of gets really vulnerable again and says you know i never thought that i'd be able to find somebody i could do this with and Mm -hmm. um we see this flashback to when she was a child and her uncle bartlett had abused her 
this um, physically repulses me. Oh yeah, because there's a like, scene watching watching this artwork. scene just makes my yeah. skin crawl. And he's like, you know, come and sit on my lap, and it's not explicit child sex abuse, but we all know the signs. We so all do. if you're looking at it from the outside, it would be Suki's uncle Bartlett helping her with her math homework. Yeah. Suki hears these thoughts that she doesn't understand, which is entirely yeah. fair. This kid, she's like eight or something in this point, like eight, yeah. ten or something. Um, and Uncle Bartlett is saying things like, um, you know, you've got such smooth skin, there's no hair anywhere, like all this kind of stuff. And it's, these are these are things, yeah, exactly. Kat is making this really disgusting <laughs> face. Um, and these are things that, you know, people who prey on children do think. Yeah. Um, but Suki doesn't understand any of this. She's just like, okay, my Uncle Bartlett is going to come and help me with my homework. Um, but the thing, the way he works, and credit to the actor, he does, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm loath to say it, he portrays it very well. The creepy old sort of, Yeah, the predatory sort of thing that maybe would be seen as innocent, whatever. Um, so Suki sort of reveals this to bill well before that she actually said something to her gran to adele and basically adele gets rid of him and they never see him again until the funeral and that's why suki makes mention that you know you haven't been part of this family for a very long time um and why jason is like i like you know his family like we're just gonna keep doing it and he uses the word family and i'm like i just i just want to fold him up and throw him into a bin um, but like you said, Jason in the books doesn't believe her. Yeah. Um, because Uncle Bartlett was always good to him. Exactly. See, he wasn't creeping on him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we discussed this last week as well. She says the it's not nearly as bad as what happened to others. Yeah. And that hit so close to home because she's trying to rationalize the abuse she had and compare it to others. She's like, oh yeah, yeah. well, I I you know, things that happened to me weren't nearly as bad as they could have been. Like, everything was fine. Um, and that hit super close to home for me. Yeah. I've definitely um, been there when I've minimised my abuse and been like, oh, well, it's worse off. Other people have it way worse than what I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, any time you try to minimise or rationalise your abuse because it could have been worse, like, your feelings are valid. Um, your experiences are valid. Your, like, everything you're feeling is totally valid, but you need to remember that just because somebody's suffering is worse, quote unquote, than yours, does not mean that your suffering is not bad. Yeah, absolutely. Or that your suffering and your trauma isn't valid either. Exactly. Or that you um, can't say anything about it. Exactly. Um, so moving on from that, Bill, Bill's eyes, like I love this shot of Bill. He's in the bathtub and Suki is telling him this kind of thing, and his eyes are so dark. You can tell he is plotting something evil. Oh, he is angry. He is he is plotting vengeance, revenge. He is going to exact some kick-ass something's happening. Um, and so they have a bit of a snuggle in the bath, and I had to giggle because the way that Bill holds Suki is the way that, like, I would expect Jason to hold me in a bath that big. The hand immediately <laughs> goes for the boob. Yeah. That's that's just where the hand naturally lies. If hands are not filled with boobs, they're not doing anything particularly special. What what are hands for if not filled? Exactly, with boobs? they are they are boob sized. <laughs> boobs are great. I am hundred percent on oh, boobs. I'm all about boobs. Um, so we switch over to Lafayette, who is stripping for his webcam. 
And I love that he's saying something to the camera about. Um, oh, what was it? It I was like. Remember. Oh, it's it's on the tip of my tongue too. Um, I feel like it's something about presents. Yeah, unwrapping some, them or making them yeah. work hard for it or something. Yeah, and I love that Justin, uh, Justin, Jason busts in, and he says, "Buck up, back up the truck, mate." And he says it in the most Australian accent that I was yes. just like, "Whoa, it's, you're meant to be American." It happens sometimes as well, where Ryan Quantum the American accent slips and the Australian just comes rushing forward. Yeah, um, it's so weird. But there are very s- strange similarities between Australian bogan and, like, southern. Yeah. I've got friends in Oklahoma who refer to themselves as bogans. And I refer, to myself as, I refer to myself as a redneck because when in college... <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. We're just Australian rednecks. They're just American bogans. Because um, uh, I was like, no, Australians invented the bogan. Yeah, I'll show, but but we, we're, we're probably like the sister cousin wife of the redneck. <laughs> the sister cousin. <laughs> sister cousin wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, you know, I'm my own grandpa. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan Quanton's Australian accent slips a couple of times and it's great. Yeah, and I love it because I sometimes forget that he's Australian. The Southern is very convincing and then the Aussie yeah. boot comes in and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, here but. we go. And what I really love is that the time that this was filmed was really the start of the cam girl era. Yes. Being like on um, the, the smaller screen. So we also have heroes and one of the main characters in that played by Ali... I can't remember the last her last name. Um, she has uh, two character. She has kind of like two personalities, and okay. I think that's what they're trying to portray. Uh, but she is also a cam girl, making like lots of money to pay back a debt that she has. And I was like, oh, that's so because this is at the same time. Like, Hero started around the same time, and then Lafayette's mm-hmm. a cam girl, and it was just really cool to see these like ordinary people being cam girls. It was, cool. and it's good, and it's good to see that sex work is being portrayed not negatively. Yeah, um, because it just only... seems ordinary here. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a couple of good. There's an Australian TV show that was all about sex work. Um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Um, and then there's the one with Billy Piper, which is called Diary of a Call Girl. Yeah, Diary of a Call Girl. I loved um, that show. And there are like a few times that, and like I, I speak of this as not a sex worker. One of my friends is a sex worker and she has opinions on this. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see sex work being portrayed positively. Um, you know, Lafayette, Lafayette is, and, and for a male as well, like yeah. not necessarily somebody who is not necessarily thought about when you think of sex work. Um, and then you throw in, you know, the fact that he is queer, the fact that he is um, a black man, like that kind of thing. You don't see that in mainstream, yeah. like when people are trying to portray um, sex work, it's always a leg, a single leg or two legs in fishnets and black stilettos. Yeah. Like completely removing people from sex work when sex workers are people. Like Exactly. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Um love but, um, who is my sex work friend. Uh, <laughs> that's so lovely. <laughs> and um he Jason is telling him that he wants more V, he's willing to do whatever Lafayette wants, pay however <laughs> much he wants. I'll dance on camera again. <laughs> 
Lafayette says no. And Jason asks him, what are you going to do, call the police? Jason Jason staunches up, and I don't think Ooh. he expected Lafayette to kick his ass, and especially in a yeah. gold thong, but that boy is nimble. Oh, yeah. He just smacks him the fuck out and throws him out. Yeah. And he, um, he just really deserves that after he threatened Lafayette, because Lafayette obviously can hold his own, and yeah. I think that Jason wasn't expecting that. No, he, he had this mentality of, well, Lafayette is gay. He's probably, like, and he walks in in the middle of Lafayette, like I said, in a gold thong stripping. Like, he probably mm. assumed that he was going to be less masculine. We have seen several examples of Lafayette staunching up and probably ready to kill somebody. Yeah. And um, I don't think that the way, and I think that Jason's issue is this whole undermining people and thinking, and this whole, well, you know, stereotypically gay men aren't that strong and they're not that Jason, masculine. And I was like, Jason masculinity sees, does not define your strength. <laughs> exactly. Jason sees himself as an alpha and just expected to walk in there and get what he wanted. And he when Lafayette slapped, yeah, when Lafayette slaps the bitch out of him. Um, honestly, probably deserved it. Like he Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this because Bill shows Sookie that we're back at Bill's house. He's underground. He's cubby hole. Who's cubby hole? And he's like, you know, no one else knows that it's Sarah. And he goes to uh, him and Sookie are sleeping about um, sleeping, uh, talking about how they will never sleep beside each other in bed. Yes. And so she's already mourning certain aspects of their relationship because she's just like, oh. This, yeah, this she's is really she, real. This is where you really go. She's coming to terms with the fact that being in a relationship with a vampire isn't as romantic as she probably read or has thought about or something like mm. that. There are realities that come with dating somebody who is dead. Yeah. Um, and one of those is that he sleeps in a cubby hole under the stairs in the dirt. Also, how creepy is it as when he's climbing down the stairs, just like how he maintains that eye contact? With yes. I'm like, can you leave? Just get in your cubby hole and go away. Why is why is this such a quote unquote intimate moment? Like I don't I don't, I don't get it. And like I understand that he is being vulnerable with her because she has been vulnerable with him. So it's mm. a sort of give take. Um, but it is terrifying. I like, never want to watch totally... somebody crawl into a cubby hole while maintaining very explicit eye like, contact. I was like, can you break eye contact now? Because I'm uncomfortable. Can you blink? Can you they breathe? Don't, vampires don't blink or breathe. Come on. Like, I just, I just need I something to, 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 I just need something. Trip down the fucking ladder or something. Make it funny. Can you imagine, I imagine that would be what happens with baby vampire Jess in future. Is the first time she tries to get into the cubby hole, she just falls. <laughs> just lands. Um, so we go over to Tara's house with Letty May and... Mm-hmm. Tara is like helping her with her bills and yeah, they're talking about swapping the checks so it gives them a little bit more time because they have yeah. to investigate it all that kind of stuff. Like Tara, Tara sort of reveals that they're not in the best financial position, like at all. Yeah. They are, they are quote unquote, they they are they are poor. Well, Tara's the only one working at this point. Yeah, so. um, and even then, it's been established that Tara can't really hold down a steady job, so she probably True. doesn't have savings um, to count on. Um, yeah. Until we find out that later she has a Brillo box full of money, Brillo. but there's no, but there's no, there's no like ongoing savings like you or I would have where we're saving for a yeah. goal. They're literally living paycheck. paycheck yeah, and paycheck. look, I have been there, and it's only since I moved home that I don't live that way. To it be is, honest, 
it took a very long time for me to come out of that. Mm. Um, having and like I say this from a very privileged position that having Jason on really good money as well, yeah, uh, means that you know we don't have to worry about the bills so much. But even when I first started working in Sydney, which was only six years ago, you know, I was only on forty thousand dollars. Yeah, which sounds like a lot of money for a lot of people. It's it's not not in Sydney. It doesn't go far. No. Like you live, I spend... you live paycheck to paycheck. You yeah. do sacrifice a lot of things. You do have those meals where it's like, you know, am I going to am I going to eat this week or am I going to do this? Not that I'm ever I in get that the bus position. To work every day this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had I had positions where I couldn't afford to go to work, but I couldn't afford to miss work. Yeah, definitely been there. Um, and it's really scary. Yeah. Um, so we're both lucky now that we are in a position where we can have savings, especially since Jason's car is broken so. oh yeah and i'll say i'm just saving because i can save now exactly like, and it's nice it's nice to be in that position but i have been on the other end of the stick where i'm you know living below the poverty line i've, I've definitely been there it's uh it's called being a university student in australia i think it makes you i think it makes you appreciate what others go through as well yeah um you have to and it's you have to walk a mile in somebody's shoes to really appreciate yeah. what they go through being in a position where you are living paycheck to paycheck or having to borrow money or something like that makes you appreciate when you have money at the end of the paycheck or money at the end of the pay cycle. And you're like, Holy, Holy shit, what do I do with this? And I found one of my biggest issues was that when I started earning decent money in air quotes, um, I panicked because I had more money and I was like, I've forgotten a bill. I've forgotten to fill up my car. I have forgotten this because I was just not used to, I had my money very tightly budgeted so that, you know, once in a while I might have an extra $50 to spend on going to the movies or something. And you're just like, where did this, I had that happen. I still have that happen. And like, I've been on fairly good money for the last two or three years since I graduated from my master's. And I'll literally, I do what's called zero-based budgeting. So every single dollar that I get every month, has somewhere to be yep and sometimes like I'll have excess money and I'm just like where did you come from where did you come from what haven't I paid and I'm like panicking going through like my budget sheet and it's like where did you go but I also appreciate that so much more because I've been in positions where I haven't been able to pay my phone bill and I haven't been able to pay my rent and I haven't been afford to eat or get to university or get to work and um yeah it's definitely very humbling experience being on both ends of that spectrum I think and in this scenario with Tara and Letty May it's only compounded by the fact that Letty May has an addiction to alcohol which is an expensive addiction in Australia I'll tell you 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 do not want alcohol as an addiction here no alcohol tax here is dumb um but yeah so Tara's mother really reveals the true extent of her problems and how yeah. she's dealing with this. Letty May comes back in. Tara's hunched over the coffee table. She's doing bills, all this kind of stuff. She's budgeting. Um, but there's a, a shot of like straight through to the living room where Letty May is pouring vodka or tequila or something into yeah. her coffee um, from a handle, um, which is sort of, again, another stereotype of we're just buying the cheap alcohol. And she walks out and sits in his chair and Tara says something uh, about how can the devil, you know, is the devil the one making you spike your coffee? I can smell it from here. Yeah. And she actually, something happens and there's like a little tussle and uh, because Tara's trying to take the booze away from her and it spills on Lady Mae and she sucks 
the alcohol from her clothes. And I was and she's, like, she's physically distressed by this as well. Yeah. She's like, the demon is making me do it. Like she doesn't want to do this. Yeah. Um, but she's sucking it out of her clothes. And Tara sort of, that's the moment when Tara realizes that she can't ignore her mother's problem. She needs to yeah. deal with it. And if, um, if getting an exorcism, because prior to that, her mum was telling her in this same conversation that she needs $445 exactly to exorcise her demon. Yeah, she believes she has a demon and the only way to get rid of it is exorcism. But Letty May is also a woman of church. She believes that exorcism yeah. will cure her because that puts her back into God's light. Um, yeah. So Letty May goes off somewhere. I think she's going to lie down or have a shower or clean herself up a bit. And Tara goes to the kitchen, pulls out a Brillo box and a couple of, like, sponges or whatever, and she has a wad of cash. Yeah. Um, because Tara has, has just realised that her mother needs real help. Oh, and that's after the bank situation. Is it? Or is it before? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember, but I know that her mother also goes, yeah. The bank, goes yeah. To the bank. And I can't remember if that scene is then or when she brings her mum home from the my bank. Brain, my brain is just associating it with the house. So I Yeah, am, me too. I'm, I'm like, always, oh, I can't remember. As always, we work off notes. So, like, it's it's not us, like, live watching it or whatever. No, we're not. That'd be nice. It would. Or weird. Not sure. Possibly both. Complicated. Complicated. Complex. Um, Suki returns back to her house from Bell's, all chipper and looking stunning. Because the girl just got some. Yeah. yeah. She's got a dickin'. She's got some vitamin D. Um, (laughs) To find Jason with a pillow sack full of things, but he, in particular, he's carrying candlesticks. And he's planning to make off with them. My boy has an addiction. Yes, more addictive behaviour, more addict behaviour. Yes, yeah. big thing through this. Um, and Suki sort of looks at him and goes, what are you doing? Excuse and, me. <laughs> and Jason turns around and goes, oh, well, Gran's dead. I'm just taking what's mine. Yeah. One, none of that is yours. It is still your grandmother's. Mm. Two, you're an asshole. <laughs> yuck stop doing this shit to your family and the thing is like in the next episode he says some things to his current flame that is kind of redemption-ish almost yeah so let's let's also preface this with the fact that Adele was only buried the day before yes (laughs) she's barely in the ground she's barely cold and Jason is already trying to fund his addiction by stealing things uh, it was his grandmother's wedding present with a candelabra or something. Yeah, a cousin had given that to her for her wedding. And um, his jewellery and stuff. Well, he sees the bite marks on Suki's neck and basically rails her about it um, and decides he's taking what's his and he won't, you know, tell her what it's for. He He's just scrambled eggs at this point. And uh, Suki goes to grab the bag and it rips open, revealing Adele's jewellery as it spills out. Mm-hmm. And he basically doesn't say, he said, she says to him, Grand's jewellery? And he just walks out with the candlesticks. Nothing. Yeah, not he, none, of, none of this has meaning to him until it is worth money that he can buy V with. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's getting upset that she's having sex with a vampire when he is actively trying to get vampire blood as a drug. Oh, I've written this so many times throughout my notes where it's like the juxtaposition and absolute, um, what's the word? Uh, Audacity because it's the only thing he fucking has. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's just so, such a, you, you. It's a very hypocritical moment. That's the word. Yeah. Um, Because he's giving Suki, you know, shit for feeding a vampire when he's feeding off a vampire for better. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he kind of walks out. He's not looking the greatest, and he just storms out of the house. He looks haggard, basically. Um, my next note is Sam. You are some kind of asshole, and I have no context. Oh, okay. So Tara goes over to Sam's. Uh, the dog is out the front, Dean, and she goes in, and he's like fixing up some things in the house, and she's speaking to him while he does it. Sorry, because he goes, why do you why do you think you can just walk in here like you own the place? And Tara's like, what, you want me to knock? She goes back and she knocks on the door. <laughs> and comes back in. Um, she calls herself unboyfriendable. And basically um, she tells him what he needs to do to be able to fix the sink. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah, he's fixing the sink or the counter or something like that. He's under yeah. something. And, like, he is justified in his anger, but it's kind of like a misfire because... Uh, Tara is trying to explain how she feels about the situation and he's just like interjecting and talking over her and you know she is just sitting back and taking it all from him and I was like oh that's a huge big you know uh, indicator that Tara has lived a life of people just yelling at her and just shutting her down all the time because she has a lot of trouble like expressing herself Especially, like, she has no issue expressing herself. Um, she is, she is I mean, thoroughly versed vulnerable in expressing herself. Ways. <laughs> yes. she, has expre- she has troubles expressing herself in a meaningful way. And she explains yeah. this to Sam. She's like, I don't know how to do this. Like, mm. in, I'm pretty sure in that exact word, she, in that exact phrase, she's like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Um, and Sam is like, well, I don't want to play games. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. When they've both been playing games with each other, Sam is going to Tara as a last resort because he can't have Suki and Tara is using Sam to fulfill the fantasy she has with Jason. Yeah. Like they're both really, sh- I, f- I feel for them both in this situation, like in this scene, but God, they're shitty people. It sucks. It's like, like you such deserve shitty each thing. other. Yeah. And I wrote here, I was like, I kind of like Tara and Sam's relationship because Tara has somebody that she can go to that doesn't really understand what's going on in her life. So she can kind of be ambiguous when asking questions and he's not going to dig like Suki would. Well, I like the fact that they are, I I counterpoint that with, they both come from very similar backgrounds in that, um, you know, they don't relate to people in the same way that everybody else does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They're very different, very different people in that sense yeah exactly because like you find out later that sam was given up for adoption and his parents went when his parents found out that he was a shifter um they left they left the house yeah. to like because sam ran away and then when he came back the also people gone. don't know that bit you dingus oh well it's coming it's coming forward <laughs> it's, it explains it's gonna come out things it explains things <laughs> um he has had a very traumatic childhood yeah, yeah so it may not necessarily be that he has an abusive mother who physically throws bottles at him or is narcissistic or whatever but yeah. he still comes from trauma he still comes from oh. abuse and they can relate to each other from that yeah, and, like, Tara doesn't know about Sam's background, but it's like she can just sense that he's okay to talk to about her trauma. I 
have said this to you previously and I say it to a whole bunch of people. There's nothing that brings people together like trauma bonding. <laughs> trauma bonding. Trauma bonding. <laughs> um, you and I have done it. My mother and I have done it. I have done it with some of my friends because nobody understands trauma and abuse like people who are have traumatized and abused. Yeah. Um, because like you could go and be like, oh yeah, you know, like my my mother is a, a physically violent alcoholic, and people go, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Or you say it to somebody who has been traumatized and abused by a physically violent mother or a narcissistic mother or an abusive father or something like that, and they're gonna go, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, that's fine. Let's, hey. let's compare stories. You yeah, and I, we're gonna learn things. Um, yeah, how, mostly how we all became. Uh, this fucked up. Um... Well, I was going to say how where is all. Um, I can't think of the word. Um, well, <laughs> meaty? No, that's not it. I, we're, we're all as normal as we can be. True. I think this um, is about as normal and, as I'm going to get, to be honest. Yeah, and honestly, it's surprising. Deal with it. Through all the stuff everybody has been through, like all my traumatised friends have been through, like we are well adjusted. Thank you. That is there a good we go. one. I like it to think came so. in. Uh, so while they're having this discussion, Tara gets a phone call and leaves. So <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, she's like, I gotta go. And it cuts across to uh, Letty May at the bank and she's trying to get a loan out for her exorcism. And um, <laughs> the loan officer uh, is like, well, I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. Thornton, but it's against bank policy to extend a loan for an exorcism. And I'm like, I would. I'd do it if I was a loan officer. I So I, I now work in insurance and I've been reading PDSs. I can read this PDS off the back of my hand. The general exclusions are like, war? You can't claim for you can't, you can't claim for home accidental damage if there is a war, even if it has not been declared. You can't claim for nuclear ah, fallout. So, like, I'm, I'm entirely convinced that the bank probably has a clause somewhere in their PDS saying, we will not fund you for an exorcism. Oh, yeah. One exorcisms... Um... It's heaps. I'm going to have to look it up because I reckon it would be really interesting. And um, so she accuses him of being prejudiced against her because she's a Christian. Lenny May sounds like your like racist aunt on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Who thinks she's being oppressed because she's a Christian? Yeah. And I was um, like, this. oh, look at that. The right-wing conversation started a long time ago because she says they're trying to take away Christmas. And I was like, oh, I've heard this before. You know what? I would love to take away Christmas, but I have worked retailing Christmas. I was the area manager of Santa for like eight weeks. I would love to take away Christmas. Take away Christmas. Nobody Um, But nobody nobody is doing that because capitalism. Christians (laughs) are safe. Christians, the reason that Christmas is still around is because people make a lot of money out of it. Capitalism. Not because of God and Christianity. And And that's why it's not going anywhere. And then she swaps from I'm being prejudiced. I, I'm I'm being I'm, somebody's being prejudiced against me too. And you want a piece of this? <laughs> she like crawls up on him and offers herself. And she's like, I know how to do this. I know my my, my landlord doesn't mind when I'm right, late in the rent either. And it's like, oh, there's <sighs> I. But Letty it is May. typical addict behavior. Letty May is where stereotypes go to die. Yeah, but I do kind of like where she ends up because um, it's so funny. It is quite funny. She sort of flings herself right back on the other end of the pendulum. Yeah, 
Um, uh, so Tara rocks up and she's at breaking point with her mum. And like this scene with her mum is really heartbreaking because her mum's yeah. screaming that she can't take the demon inside her any longer. Yeah, she she wants help and it sounds it honestly sounds like she's suicidal at that point. Yeah. Um because it's That's the, a massive cry for help. It is. It's that I can't take what's happening to me anymore. I don't mm. have the strength. Yeah. Um and yeah, so Tara just kind of grabs her mother. Her mother makes some outrageous claims that she was being raped or something. Sexually was... assaulted by the man at the bank. Yeah. And he was and... like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? Um, and Tara grabs her mother and, like, is dragging her out and they have this this moment. And it's kind of beautiful. It's tragic, mm. but it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, and it's. I think Tara is ready for that cycle to break and she's going to do whatever it takes to have her mum back. Yeah, exactly. And we discussed this, I think, last week where it's we always give our abusers that one last chance, one last chance, yeah. one last chance, because we want to see the best in people. And Tara is definitely at that point. I can definitely empathise with that because I have certainly been there a hundred times. Same. And it is really hard to say, no, this is it. I'm not giving you any more chances. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Uh, so Tara takes her home and this is where she finds the, the money cash. under the sink. Yep, yeah. Okay. So she still is at home. Yes. <laughs> My brain was making associations. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was like, wait, no, this is a bit. No, wait, I don't know. Um, so we're at Molot's later that night and Suki has a fantastic scarf around her neck, hiding the fang marks and she's in a great mood. Yes, she is. She got a good old dose of the penis and she feels great. Vitamin D, man. Sometimes it's all you need to really perk your day up. It is. Oh, it's because of all the serotonin and the dopamine, to be honest. Stop trying to take the fun out of sex. A sex a day keeps the doctor away. Unless you're having sex with your doctor. So. And then that's... He's there all the time. Yeah, and then and then it gets kind of weird and ethical. And, Unless he's yeah. your husband, and then that's fine. Yeah. Or your it's partner. Or and you and maybe your husband's role playing as a doctor. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not here to king shame. Uh, Arlene can tell that there's something different about Soki, and she guesses what happened. And she says, "Oh, but please tell me it was with Sam and not Bill." And Soki says it was Bill, and she thinks she might be in love with him. She asks Arlene not to tell anyone, and Arlene immediately tells Renee, and Sam overhears. Arlene hopes Soki doesn't get pregnant. The bar is alive with gossipy ass bitches. It kills me. And she's like, how will she nurse a baby with fangs? It's not even how it works, Arlene. Jesus Christ. Uh, Also, I feel that way about, like, watching or seeing women who are breastfeeding, like, toddlers. I'm like, that kid can chew steak. I don't want no. That makes my boobs hurt. My youngest niece, I think she was breastfed until she was, like, two and a half, almost Mm -hmm. three. And she, she never, oh, no, she did bite my sister. Yes. Uh, yes. Because my sister was like, I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> You're out of here. Reason number 478,000 why I'm not having kids. I don't want to bite my titties. <laughs> um, so Lafayette calls Suki pornalicious, which I love. I love I, that. But, like, Lafayette is probably the only one in this bar who's going to forgive her for all of this. He's not going to judge her. Yeah. Um, because one of, like... He, he tells her to go get it. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, go get it. And then she leaves and he's like, skank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Which I would take as a badge of honor. If I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, damn, yeah. I think I would just die happy. Probably. But like, Lafayette is a sex worker. He's very open in his sexuality, all that kind of thing. If I was going to tell anybody about my conquest, it would be be Lafayette. It definitely wouldn't be Arlene or Sam. um, Because Sam is being toxic as fuck in this scene. Yeah. Especially since he's supposed to be like hanging out with Tara or starting something with Tara. He is so possessive of Silky. It's gross. It's so gross. And again, it's this alpha thing that he's got with Bill. He's fighting for Silky's affection. I'm like, dude. Pissing contest is so annoying. It's ugh, I'm just over it. I feel like it goes on for a little bit long, but I feel like it's also a vital part of like Sam's personality and the dynamic between Sam, Bill, and Sookie. I'm just yeah. like, I just want two seconds where Sam is not a prick. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Sam once again oversteps boundaries and making a scene in front of the entire bar rips Sookie's scarf from her neck revealing the fang marks um and the thing that really annoys me is that sam does this under the mask that he's being a good guy that he's the good guy it's in all of this it's always the good guys no you're a fucking pig how dare you put your hands on someone without their consent yeah well also that you have no claim to this woman like even bill doesn't have a claim to this woman but like you were not in an exclusive relationship. You were not in any kind of relationship, bar the fact that she sees you as friendly and you were her boss. You have no dominion over what she does. The annoying thing is that he does this, it's like exclusively in public at the bar, in his territory kind of thing, where he it's, treats her this way. And I'm just like, get your hands off her. It's definitely a power play of him trying to intimidate her into doing things his way um, because he, he sees her as his employee, his property, yeah. somebody who should be submissive to him. Um, and so he's like, no, get the fuck away from me. You're creepy. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucked. Ugh. So Jason has decided he's going to Fantasia. So we oh, see him. Damn. I know. But what I love is that he is like out the front of this bar sweating his ass off, like clearly going through withdrawals. And uh, Pam actually notices his last name on the ID. And she's like, oh, are you related to Sookie? And he actually, like, says some pretty, like, oh, yeah, but I'm nothing like her. Yeah. Like, despite the fact that you're in a vampire bar trying to cruise for vampire blood. I I also love the fact that he's in, like, a blue button down. (laughs) With this bar that is, like, very notoriously like black. alternative all black everyone wears all black yeah it's 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 the 15 year old Addie's dreams of like an emo bar oh it's um, still i still go to those bars what do you mean i would i would love to i'm too old for bars <clears throat> stop that come to crew bar with me we'll have a good time okay once lockdown's done after we go <laughs> to the cult cafe yeah we, we we are going to a cult a cafe owned by a cult so, it's gonna be great. It's really good. The food there's really good. <laughs> but they're still owned by a cult. We had, it's still owned by a cult. We had this whole thing that like cats moral like, dilemma. Yeah, I don't want to give money to a cult. And I'm like, there are far worse cults to be giving money to. You could be giving money to Nexium or Scientology. So exactly. I guess it's not that bad. I'm pretty sure they just live like on a compound together. <laughs> they're probably not even a cult. Um, 
But Pam, Pam, Pam glamours Jason into revealing why he's really there because so Jason's just kind of like, I just want to see what it's like. Like, I just want to check out the locals. Yeah. And Pam is like, I do not fucking believe you. And glamours him. Um, and then she says something along the lines of, tell me why you're really here. And Jason goes, I want V. I want blood. What time do you get off? (laughs) He's like trying to pick up Pam and Pam's like, fuck off. No, I've but, been alive um, for way too long to put up with your shit. My favorite part is that she lets him into the bar and is like, "Careful, someone like you will get eaten alive." And she also says, "Good luck in there. Uh, have fun. Um, good luck getting out." Yes, something something along those lines of "You're yeah. going to be murdered." <laughs> yeah, good luck getting <laughs> like, out. Like I'm not pe- I'm not cleaning you up. You're going to die. And then I wrote a note here. I was like, Jason is quite happy to go and exploit vampires to feed his own addiction, but hates the thought of Sookie having an actual relationship with a vampire. That's not okay. And I think that comes back to Jason seeing himself as like the man of the house. Yeah. um, And that very like patriarchal position of he needs to take care of her. She can't take care of herself. And I'm like, Mm. dude, you're in the middle of V withdrawals. She's getting it on the regular now. One of you is living life and one of you isn't. Yeah, and the thing is that Pam says that Sookie stands out, basically yeah. insinuating that Jason does not. And that's probably something that he's used to, is that yeah, you know, he was he was the football star at high school, but Sookie always had this thing about her that people couldn't quite understand, this mystery. So nothing Jason did was always going to li- was ever going to live up to what Sookie did. Yeah. It's really it's funny. Because I was like, fuck you, Jason. Um you deserve it. <laughs> Yeah, so he goes into the bar and uh, Jason clumsily tries to get vampire blood from the bartender, who is actually Longshadow, who is one of the partner owners of the of the bar. A girl overhears him and rescues him, saying she has what he's looking for. She's basically telling him, you don't come here and ask for that. I love the fact, it always reminds me of this old Twitter account that was like, not a cop. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And it was always like, how are you doing, fellow kids? Who has some yeah. pot or marijuana that they want to smoke? And it oh, was very no, it was who has pot they want to inject. Yes. But it was always these very clumsy <laughs> metaphors and that kind of thing. And it just yeah. Jason just reminds me of that scene where he's like, no, I want something stronger. And Longshot is like, we've got top shelf. And he goes, no, I want something stronger, something that more resembles the colour of the walls. And Longshot is like, come on, just fucking say it. Just let it's me rip me. your head off. I dare you to fucking ask me. And it's at that point that he is rescued by a character named Amy, who is Lizzie Kaplan, who you may know as Janice Ian from Mean Girls. And uh, I mean, she's in heaps of other things. I love, I love, I love her Lizzie as an Kaplan. actress. I hate yeah. this character. Oh, I hate she her so is much. Hippie Instagram authentic bullshit. Oh, shut up. I hate you. <laughs> like, there's this there's this scene a little bit later where Jason's getting petrol for his truck and she's like i love this truck it's not trying to be anything it isn't it's so authentic and i'm like i want to punch you in the gob <laughs> who are you? you shut the fuck up but i think they wrote her to be hated like yeah, that she's, she's so annoying she's and she's very manipulative of jason as we find out later yeah. um which is but yeah so that, that happens stupid. that happens and she's got like this big bag and she's <laughs> Like, Jason's like, fuck off, I want to go get some V. And she's like, would you shut the fuck up? They can hear you. Yeah, everyone in this bar who is a vampire can hear you. Stop and she, it. like, she actively warns you of that. She's like, they've got really good hearing. Would you shut the fuck up? You're going to die. Yeah. 
So Tara and her mother are going to meet Miss Jeanette in the woods for her exorcism. Tara gives her the cash. They head into the trailer where all sorts of talismans hang and she tells Tara's mum to strip. Do I have my notes? Oh! Oh, we missed a really... There's a bath murder. We forgot the good part. I have... That's a bath murder and I love Miss Jeanette. I've got these... And I'm like, did we get these confused? Have I made these in the wrong order? No, I scrolled down and totally forgot. So we see before Uncle, we meet Miss Jeanette, we see Uncle Bartlett taking out his trash. So he lives quite far away from them. I don't think he lives close at all. He's confined by a wheelchair, so he's like this decrepit, old, disabled man. And we see Bill waiting for him in the shadows. Uh, and Uncle Bartlett's like, I have no money, and he's like, I haven't come for money. And then Uncle Bartlett lets go of his wheelchair and just kind of rolls back down. He's like. <laughs> That he's like, see ya. <laughs> I'm up. Bye. Um, and then so Bill um, quickly rushes behind him, grabs the wheelchair, and is like, that's not what I've come for, or something like that. He says, I'm here for Sookie. Yes, I'm here for Sookie, and then he bites Uncle Bartlett. Yeah. Uh, look. I can't imagine pedophilic old men are um, tasty. Tasty. No, that would. Uh, look, I hate Uncle Bartlett, but also it's not up to Bill to deliver justice for, for people. He is not the... the uh, yeah, and he seems to do this a lot uh, in coming episodes for Sookie, where he has this abuse of power as a vampire to well, take Well, he's down... already done it. Yeah. With the with the rat race. Yeah, exactly. And so it's he... just this cycle, and it's like, you can't keep doing that just because you... you're a vampire. Yeah, and a vampire who is so dedicated to mainstreaming, like, he disposed yeah. of the rat trays with the quote-unquote cyclone, um, yeah. or hurricane, or whatever it was, um, and now he's dealing with Uncle Bartlett. And I get that he wants to make Sookie feel safe, but yeah. Sookie is not an infant. She is not a thing that needs protecting. She mm. normally can take care of herself. Yeah, um, exactly. And I'm really conflicted about this mm. um, because... I would love for somebody to take care of the person who did that to me. Um, but again, like you said, it is not up to Bill to make that decision. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill could go to the police. Sookie could go to the police. And it's Sookie's story to tell and deal with. It is yeah. not Bill. It's not Bill's responsibility to end this story. He's hijacking it and being like, yeah. well, I'm going to cause the end of it. And Sookie might not ever get closure from that. He... Is doing it from a place of I, possession. I think yes, but I think he's trying to do it from a place where he's trying to protect Suki from things, and I can understand that. I can sympathize with that, but it is not Bill's responsibility to protect yeah. Suki. No, it's not, and it's annoying that he does continue to do that. But later, we do see Bill like yeeting his body into a swamp, full like, of crocodiles or alligators. I was like, but, you know, I've actually said to people, wouldn't be mad if I got death rolled by alligator and that's how i died there is a snake channel that i watch a reptile channel that i watch and yeah. they have a alligator i've said you you yeah. i remember sending this to you and you sending me a message being like oh my god i love them all I um every they, one of them <laughs> they have like a 35 year old alligator who was in who was mistreated and so she's um stumpy um her yeah. name is rex because they thought she was a heap um but Rex likes to death roll her balls. She's got like a she's got like a chew ball with a handle it. on it, and she death rolls it. Yeah, and I yeah, being death rolled by an alligator would be a way to go. I'd right, it'd be on. I'd be on the news. I mean, you probably would be, but it'd be like stupid tourists gets eaten by alligator. 
I don't care. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that would be my legacy. <laughs> yeah. My kids would be like, "This is how stupid my mother is." <laughs> what? What? How did how did your mother die? Well, uh, fuck. well, all right. Well, I can't it even be back. sad about it. <laughs> I can't be sad because I'm kind of impressed. It's like <laughs> it just cuts to you being death rolled. It's like that's me. You probably wondered how I got here. That's my mom. You're probably wondering how she got there. Yeah, that'd totally be me. Oh, fuck, that'd be me. Yeah. We have to go back 10 years, so she's having a conversation on her podcast. <laughs> 10? I need way more time than that to generate spawn. Yeah, fam. I mean, you could just kidnap one, cost one. I don't. I just keep adopting children from my, well, nieces and nephews from my yeah. friends. Just you keep can do them. it that way. Don't kidnap children. Oh. I mean, I mean, like, ones you know. Yeah, like where you're like, hey, I'm taking, I'm borrowing your child. Yeah, I need to get into Legoland. <laughs> I want to go to this exhibition. I have to have children with me. They're coming. <laughs> I, I require your child for tax purposes. Oh, I've done it before, like for kids' movies at the cinema. I'm like, hey, Lucy, Lena, do you do you want to come to the movies with me? <laughs> um. Oh God, I have a note here. So going back to the bar with Amy and Jason. Uh, yeah. Eric has a sidekick. What? Do you remember the phones that they used to have? Oh, and it was like, it was yes. flipped up and you had yeah. used to have a full coin. I had Eric one. Ha- Eric has a sidekick. Yeah. Again, I had one noticing- of the first ones. Oh, yeah, me noticing the dumb things in this series. Like, I, I know it. that Bill has pierced ears, but I was like really excited that, um, that, that Eric had a sidekick. <laughs> I had a sidekick around the same time that the TV show came out. So my my friend had a sidekick and I would take his phone and just flip the screen. It was a fidget spinner of 2008. Oh, I had the, you know, the longer one. Yep. Not the small one. I had like the big, a, like the big white one. It was like a greeny camo color. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I had yep. one of those. The one that the one that Eric has is the one my friend had, and it was like the purple yeah, and yellow one, and it was like kind of small. Like up? Yeah, it would like it yeah. would like switch up or something like that. Where the bigger would, ones like, would, like, would, would, would yeah. like swivel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted, wanted one. Red screen. I was like, damn it. Damn. I wanted one so badly. My mum wouldn't let me have one though. She would be like, um, no, you can have this phone. And I got one of the Nokia's that you could like cut out the cases for. Oh, I loved that. I love those ones. My dad got my sister and I a sidekick, and I think he regretted it. So <laughs> and he put us on mobile phone plans. Yeah, because you could only get them on plans. You couldn't get them on prepaid. Yeah, he wasn't um, too happy about I that. Miss, I miss those days. <laughs> I want Motorola. Like, Motorola have made the, the Razor phones. I want one so badly. I used to have a Razor phone. There's the Fold one as well. I think that's yeah, the Samsung, Samsung Fold, Fold that one. Looks, that's nuts. Um, but I would love if sidekicks came back. I would a hundred percent have a sidekick. If it had a proper screen on it yeah. and had like the same, all the same shit that my pixel has, except mm. you could flip up the screen and had a code equipment, I would, Look, I would rush out and buy three. As someone because I'd break the first two just yeah, I was like, screen. As someone who is a fidgeter, uh, that wouldn't work well for me. Speaking um, of, I think I my bought, nieces stole my poppet. I bought new headphones for work. Um, oh, no. For like for their, their Sony ones, their Bluetooth, you charge them in the case. I've been doing this. Oh yeah, that's me with with my AirPods as well. Yeah, like uh, I've been playing with them. Like I'm worried I'm gonna break the hinge. 
<laughs> oh, this one's I uh, this one I worry about a little bit because it's only like this tiny little metal hinge, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fuck that. No, shit this up. one this one's got like a big old hinge. Ah, oh, see, yeah, that'd be good. But it's also like two inches big, so I just sit there and I just flick at it. You're like, thanks. That's why I've got to pop it, and I'm also buying one of those. Have you seen the peas in the pod? No. Oh my god, I'm gonna send you a link afterwards. Am I gonna buy fidget spinners or fidget fidget toys? It's a fidget toy, it's a key ring, and because I'm I fidget a lot and it helps me focus. And yep. so yeah, I'll I'll I send you to, a link. I had to explain to my boss the other day that the reason she could hear Neon Ballroom in the background was because if and I've said this in a Twitch clip, um, if I don't hear anything, like if there's no noise in the background, my brain feels empty and my yeah. brain is empty enough. <laughs> <laughs> I have so to have music, otherwise noise. I don't focus. Yeah, I need the, I need the, the background noise to filter out so I can just be like, yes, I need to hyper-focus on this. Let's oh, ADHD it. problems. I, I haven't even been diagnosed with ADHD and I think I have it. Don't I, self-diagnose yourself, friends. Don't. No, you should. It's valid. <sighs> See, I, Especially when I, an ADHD test is $800. I have hypochondriac tendencies. Oh, see, I do too, and that's why I'm like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me because I'm just being a hypochondriac. <laughs> I go to my doctor and I'm like, look, I either have these three things or testicular cancer. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm no, I'm working with my therapist at the moment for my ADHD diagnosis, so. I need to do that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway. Do it. Just look, in New South Wales, if you go and get an ADHD test, you pay $100 for your appointment, and if you are diagnosed on the spot, you do not have to pay the further $700. So... Also, being diagnosed as an adult woman is one of the hardest things in life. Oh, yeah, and this is another reason why it's taken me eight years to go and see a therapist about it. <laughs> Good fun. Good fun. Uh, so where this is where <laughs> Tara and her mum are going to get the exorcism. and That's then right. I love Miss Jeanette. She's so good. She's great. And then we're back at Merlot's and Suki is raving about her night with Belle to Lafayette, who says mm-hmm. he was always too scared to let vampires bite him. So, like, he has been with vampires, but he doesn't let them them bite her. And he congratulates her for crossing that line. Yeah, again, this is what I said. Like, abs- like Lafayette would absolutely be the only person I would talk to about this because he's not yeah. going to shame her for doing this. Yeah. He's going to, like, applaud her or, like, congratulate her on, like, exploring a new boundary. And yeah, absolutely. That's that's what sexuality should be about, is exploring new boundaries, provided there are two consenting adults and nobody's getting hurt. Or at least exactly. two consenting adults. You could do it on your own. I don't know. What's up to you? Um, do but you nobody want? should nobody should get hurt and everybody should be consenting. Um But yeah, so like and this is where he's like hyping her up and then he ends with like, okay. And I'm like, damn, badge of honor. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but it's really cool because he says, you know, uh, well, you go on ahead, hooker with your badass, good for you. Uh, it ain't possible to live unless you're crossing somebody's line. And I exactly. Like, I like that. And, like, he's, he's like, talking about how she looks different and how she's, like, perkier and has a glow to her. And I hate this. I hate this because everybody says that, like, once you've had sex or once you've lost your virginity, there's something different there's something about different you. Something about changes. You. And it's such a load of wank. It's like, yeah, I had yeah. a good digging. Like, get over it. <laughs> I have heaps of serotonin. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. My brain doesn't. My brain doesn't produce it. Uh, my brain doesn't produce it. The pills don't give it to me. Penis does. Penis. Sorry. The penis Sorry, is folks. a serotonin injector. <laughs> Stop <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, I told you I was only here to make commentary. 
The vampires are known as Malcolm, Diane, and Liam come into Merlots. And it's incredibly foreboding because there's like all this dun 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 music and slow motion cameras. It's it's a whole it's a whole scene. And then Sam tells the vampires they aren't welcome, and he says, My place, my rules. So basically we also learn that vampires are allowed into public spaces and don't need to be invited, which means that their invitations cannot be revoked. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way that Sam's like, oh, we only serve the locals. And they're like, well, we just bought a house. So get far. <laughs> uh, well, it looks like we're locals now. Um, Bill is also there having a true blood. and No, Bill gets oh, he... summoned because he's disposing of Uncle Bartlett. Oh, that's right. And he senses Sookie and he's like. Yeah. So so it cuts to, it cuts to um, Bill throwing Uncle Bartlett into this creek full of alligators. He goes, there's something wrong with the force and just zooms off. And he like uh, and zooms he off comes. to Merlots. Yeah, he just he just vampires away um, yeah. to Merlots. Um, they, when he arrives, they're basically saying, Belle, we want you to join our nest and out and for everybody's safety, he goes with them. Yeah. So again, this is Bill trying to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Um, Bill, Bill is, Bill is a protector. Um, and so he just kind of goes and Sookie's like, what are you doing? And he's like, these are my people. Yeah. You are not my people. These are my people. Like, yeah. we, we can never be together. And this is, like, the third time they've broken up. They've been together, like, a month. Yeah. And they've broken they've up broken more times. Up. Yeah. Um, but, like, but Bill, yeah, Bill leaves Suki. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, it flashes over to Jason in his car with uh, Amy and tells her that he is a doctor. But she the still goes home so with him. Authentic. <laughs> this, it's not trying to be anything that it's not. No. <laughs> Shut the oh, fuck she's up. such she's such a load of wank, and I love it. But it also makes me want to brain myself. Yeah, I just want to stab something into my ear and mush my brain. Um, this is the exorcism scene, which I think is really cool. So, I love, and this is one of the reasons I love Miss Jeanette is because this is so intense. Yeah, and it throws back to something I think is very. Um, Louisiana and that kind of thing because they do put like a lot of focus in the mystic, and, yeah in the mystic um, arts yeah uh, like just black not black magic but just magic in general yeah well it would be considered black magic by everybody like voodoo is considered black magic because it's manipulating somebody else but like it's such a good scene and it's like yeah. throwing back to the fact and like I think Miss Jeanette says that you know this goes back to when my people were in Africa and these this stone was passed down through all the generations and it picked me and all this kind of stuff it's really grounded I mm. think is sort of the word I'm going for but it's, it's more like reassuring for Tara because Tara is incredibly skeptical of this entire thing Yes, and Scara, and, it's Tara, Scara. Tara makes her opinions known of this throughout yeah. the, the entire thing. And Miss Jeanette is just trying to add some legitimacy to ensure that Tara knows she's not mucking around. I have so um, many opinions about Miss Jeanette. <laughs> so Tara's watching on nervously as Miss Jeanette places rocks on her mother. Tara's not taking it seriously. No, Tara's like, I paid $445 to watch this bitch do landscaping on my mother. Yeah. But Miss J tells her, you need to take this seriously. 
Um, she has an opossum on standby for the demon to flee to. So she starts humming and banging on drums as she chants. Tara I keep watches. forgetting. I keep forgetting that opossums are really ugly and our possums are really cute. And it's like the one time we did. Opossums are cute. You take that back. No, I'm baby sorry. Ones, baby ones. Baby ones. Baby. Baby ones. ones are adorable, but anything is a baby is cute. True. I, Even I don't babies. Care. Yeah, like I'm not gonna go out and have one myself, but I'll hold one. They're cute. They look like They're little cute. angry I... man potatoes. <laughs> little drunk people <laughs> drunk angry drunk people actually speaking of that once my niece when she was maybe two she just started speaking in full sentences mm-hmm. and she came into the living room and she's stumbling all over the place laughing saying mum look at me i'm drunk <laughs> nobody in my family drinks like <gasps> where we don't get drunk in front of children that's like Television. a big rule and it's Television. just like what you're do you want to my, fuck? my niece used to be able to figure out how to unlock my phone at like two. Oh yeah my niece is good she knew that. exactly like, where to what? go she had memorized the pattern that i had she knew it's exactly crazy. where to go and she's like cool i open this can you give me this video and i'm like what the fuck give me that don't look at my nudes <laughs> don't be going in there <laughs> um but yeah kids kids are kids are sponges that's for, great for behavior yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Miss Jeanette is like, you need to take this really seriously because if you don't, it just might not work. Yeah. Um, my friend has just messaged me going, okay, so everyone in Sydney is fucked, and if they breathe and you near you, I will shake them. <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm I'm on board. Um, but yeah, so Miss Miss Jeanette is like, you need to take this seriously, and yeah. she starts banging on a drum and singing, or not like not like singing, but chanting something. Mm. Um. And so Tara starts, I like, and 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 Letty Mae starts convulsing. Mm. She's like breathing really heavily, and she's like heaving, like yeah. her body is moving with yeah. it all. Um, and Tara is like, "Fuck, this is this is real. This is, this is intense." And then yeah, like uh, Letty Mae starts like convulsing. She's it looks kind of like she's having a seizure. The the way seizures are sort of portrayed in medical series yeah she's actively like her chest is really working out and she's like bowing back and forth and all that kind of stuff um and miss Jeanette is kind of continuing the ritual she's like yeah this is just an everyday this is just every day in the office this is fine um but Tara is terrified yeah understandably so that'd be like ah what the fuck is happening yeah no Um, thanks exactly and then (laughs) I have a note here that says the peyote is finally kicking in (laughs) The feeling when the peyote kicks in. <laughs> yeah, when you're just like, oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> um, so at this point in time, her mum falls completely silent and the opossum starts screeching in its cage. Miss J removes it and dunks it in a tub of water, drowning it. And that's the end of that. Yeah, it's it's intense. And like that when you're sitting there and you're watching it, you're like, holy shit, this is this is like this looks legit. Like she is mm. sitting there and she's like drowning this possum, this possum is fighting back. It is intense. Yeah. You're like, is this possum really full with the demon inside of Letty May? That's crazy. Yeah, and especially when you see the change that Letty May has after this exorcism. Yeah. Um, it's it's intense. It makes you think that it could be real. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't doubt that these kinds of I'm a very spiritual person. I'm mm-hmm. not religious. My spirituality is not connected to uh, any religion or religious iconography. I just believe that we're all interconnected somehow and that nobody's 
um, spiritual practice is non-valid. Yep. That's and, fair. Yeah. And so I think that this scene is really important as well to connect Letty Mae and Tara with um, others in their community too. And yeah, post, exactly. uh, post-exorcism is really important for Letty Mae. Yes. And it's really important for Tara too. Yeah. Um, it's really nice. <laughs> I have a note here that says Arlene, I love Arlene and Terry so much. And again, I have no context. None of my notes have context for anything this week. Last week's notes were like in depth. This week it's like, I love Arlene and Terry so much. (laughs) So um, Terry has bailed himself up, basically complaining. Well, not complaining, but he is so incredibly upset with himself that he wasn't there to protect everyone. Because he tried, he ran at them, but he also screamed something vaguely racist. Um, yeah. and ran at them. One, never scream at somebody as you're trying to attack them. He has PTSD, so. He does have PTSD, but also that's just giving away your position to the enemy. <laughs> he should um, know that. He should know that. He is a Marine. Uh, and number two, probably don't just try to run at a vampire. Yeah. I mean, he was just doing what he thought was right. Yeah, he was He was stepping up and trying to protect everybody. And Arlene um, and was telling him, you don't have to be the one to do that. Which is really nice. Arlene's like, you don't have to protect everybody. I I love Arlene and Terry so much. I yeah. love them. I, I do too. That's really cool. Um, also, Arlene and Sam afterwards are incredibly fucking horrible because they say something along the lines of, he belongs with his own kind. Yeah, and they kind of insinuate that they wish something would happen to them. Yeah, something about I just wish they'd all drop dead or something. Oh, yeah, there's, like, well, there's, there's, an, there's an ill will from yeah. Arlene and Sam to this nest. And honestly, the nest is awful. Yeah, um, including like they're both. awful vampires. Yeah, um, but never wishing harm upon somebody, especially death. is Like, wishing death upon somebody is, is bad juju. I don't even think that about people I really despise. So. Yeah, I'm just like, I. It, it is more effort to think about somebody and think hateful thoughts on them than it is to just forget them. Just to forget, say nothing, think nothing. Exactly. It's easy. Uh, so the AIDS burger guy, whose name is actually Royce. Redneck's gone on redneck. Uh, yep. They decide that they're going to go and ambush the vampires. Uh, at Bill's <laughs> house or the nest? I'm not too the sure. Nest. The nest. Not at the Bill's house, it's at the nest. Um, yeah. Which is always a good idea to ambush vampires, but like we're going to go do it in the day when they're asleep. So they've yeah. had the, the two brain cells have rubbed together and produced some kind of coherent thought, some kind of logical thinking. Um, Sam, uh, Suki wants Sam to stop them, and he says he doesn't care what happens to the vampires and doesn't want Bill back in his bar. Yeah, um, and Suki defends him and says he only went with them to get away from everybody here. Yeah, Sam is kind of like they're off my property. I don't I give a shit. Suki's like. Well, if Bill didn't go with them, the entire bar would be slaughtered, basically. Yes, exactly. Um, and we, as always, like towards the end of an episode, they're like switching between all different people to prepare you for next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are back at Jason Stackhouse's house. That sounds so weird to say. With uh, Amy, Amy Burley from Fantasia, and she calls him very unselfconscious. Which is probably the most polite way you could tell say to somebody that they're dumb. Yes. <laughs> I, I have a note here that says, Lord, I hate her. People who take drugs way too seriously and took psych in their first year. Oh, right? I mean, like, because I've done acid, like, but I didn't get that far into it. Because, like, she's talking about, and I, I, I hate this scene so much, 
um jason's like let's just do let's just do v baby like let's just do it don't worry about it she's like oh i love your house it's so authentic like it's not trying to be anything that it isn't trying to be um and what she does is she's like she gets out two tabs of aspirin and she explains that because the blood is old it needs something to bind to yeah which i don't think is the way that aspirin works but i've also got he don't snort aspirin kids don't don't Don't. uh aspirin is an anticoagulant though like a blood thinner yes um and so she's sitting there and she's like performing what could only be described as like this really wanky ritual yeah um because she's sitting there and she's waxing lyrical i want to see if i can find a quote um because she's waxing lyrical about um blood and how it's a life force and yeah. all this kind of stuff um, talking about how it's drug. symbolic of the holy communion and he's just like can we just do the drugs like yeah he's like this is this is weird boring? can we just do the drugs um i can't find it but she's like you know it's connecting us and it's connecting nature and yeah. nature is connected to the so vampires wanky. And this kind of stuff. i preferred lafayette's interpretation yeah me too it was short simple sweet get to do the drugs but she just yeah Eventually they do, I think they snort the V. They snort aspirin. <laughs> they snort the aspirin, yeah. Because she she crushes it up in a mortar and pestle and then lays it out like coke lines. Yeah, that's true. Oh, God. So tacky. <laughs> it's 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 a moment. It is. Um, but, yeah, so they they snort the, they snort the aspirin vampire blood thing and it hits them immediately. Yeah. And... <laughs> Jason is staring at his hand and I get to the same I, this the only thing that ever came to my mind is my favorite Simpsons quote and it's like they call them fingers but I've never seen them thing oh wait there they go <laughs> that is him and it comes it comes <coughs> to an episode where Homer and Otto are at a like pro hot pro medicinal marijuana rally and they're standing, they get stoned and they stand there for like 12 hours and almost stares at his hand and he goes, they call on fingers, but I've never seen him thing. Have you? And like, I just, the way that Jason is staring so intently. He's waiting his for hand, his fingers to thing. Yeah, he's waiting for his fingers to thing. I got so excited writing this. I was like messaging Kat being like, I get to use my favorite Simpsons reference. And she's like, I hope I get to, like, I hope I understand it. Cause I didn't get to watch the Simpsons. I wasn't allowed like, to watch the Simpsons growing up. My mum hated gonna, the Simpsons when I was a kid. So I was I'm going to send you the scene and you will laugh. Please do. I I've, think I did actually. I've probably it. seen it. It's just, I don't, I, once again, executive dysfunction. I have the worst memory on the face of the earth. Until I see Jeez, something, I can make an actual physical and visual connection and be like, ah, yes, I've seen that. Um, so we're back at the <laughs> exorcism with Miss Jeanette and Tara and Lady May. And Miss Jeanette is explaining that the demon is gone, but they have to do something about Tara's demon. And- yeah, Tara has a, Tara mm. has a different demon. And uh, according to Miss um, Jeanette, it is the worst demon. Um, yeah. And she's like explaining to Tara. She's like, "How many friends do you have? Can you hold down a job? Yeah. Do you have a like? Do you have a boyfriend? Um, the result of being abused as a child is not a demon. You are no. not demonized. Trauma is not a demon. <laughs> yeah, trauma. Trauma is a bitch. Yeah, but uh, uh, it's a different kind of demon. It's not one that we can just get outside and exercised out of us. Dude, if I could get an exorcism for four hundred and forty-five dollars for my trauma demons, boom." I'd be concreting myself with the stone thing. I'd be doing uh, my own landscaping. I'd bring my own possum. <laughs> I'd bring three. I'd just take them. Take them. Just look. If this one doesn't work, just take the others. We'll do this again. Let's go. Let's try again. 
Round two. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Just pulling in cash. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It's probably cheaper than all my medication and therapy put together. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, being a tra- being 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 a, an abused child does not mean you have a demon inside of yeah. you. Yes, you have demons, but they are not the literal <laughs> kind. They They're are not the metaphorical that. kind. Exactly. Uh, Suki goes over to Bill's house and she's like looking in the hidey hole for him and he's not there. So uh, she eventually leaves him or somebody has left him a voicemail, which we find out about. In the I think Suki had because she calls him when she's at the bar and she's like, Bill, this is like my 14th yeah. message. You need to call my ass back. Yeah. And uh, obviously he doesn't die. Everybody knows that if you're watching True Blood. Because... Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you've seen spoiler, like if you've seen the first season, like teasers, you know, he doesn't die. Yeah. Um, so she just sits at home and waits like the entire day for him. But yeah. at daybreak, the mob arrive at the vampire nest where Suki thinks that Bill is sleeping. And we say we say mob, it's the three rednecks from the bar. Yeah. It's it four of them. And they have yeah. Molotov cocktails. <laughs> which is which is again rednecks gonna redneck. <laughs> exactly. But they surround the house and toss their bottles at the house. Um, one of them catch fire to his own arm. Yeah, he, he he sort of tips it back on himself as he throws it and he catches fire to his own arm. And I'm oh, like, well, that's natural selection. Um, but as the house is burning, you hear the screams from within the house. Yeah. Um, and they are blood curdling. They, oh. they are in pain screams. They actually ter- – I was like, oh, that's scary. I don't like that. I don't – stop that. And as somebody as somebody who's into as horror into horror as much as you are, that's a screaming that is, a is just like a thing that just like gets my blood like stopped in its <laughs> of traveling around my body, and I'm like, oh no. Um, so the rednecks all run away, and while this is happening, Andy and Terry Belfleur are having a really nice morning fish. Yeah, they're they're, they're out fishing. Out. They're just having a fish, being cousins because they are cousins, not brothers. Um. Terry sees something and signals Andy to be quiet. He holds his fist up and then he points at his eyes and points in the direction. So it's like military signing. He's like, stop, I see something over there. Yeah, be quiet. Uh, and what they see is Sam, all, uh, Sam running through the woods naked. Sam, Sam's just having a sprinty run, letting the air blow through his jangles. <laughs> Basically. But the funny thing is that they're having a conversation and um, Andy says to him, bet you didn't do much fishing in Iraq. And he's like, no fish in the sandbox. Yeah, that's what he says. And Andy says, no wonder they're so pissed off at us. We got Channel Cats and Shreveport Poontang. I miss this. Getting up before Dylan, like when we were kids, watch the sun coming up. And that's when they both see Sam running. And Andy's like, that was Sam a lot. And Terry just sits back and goes, yep. I've done that before. Yeah, Terry. Terry's just like that. Boy's just having a day. He's just getting some shit out, just having a run. And it's then Andy's, and then Andy's phone rings, and it's the Hawaii Five O theme. <laughs> yes. Andy has such an elevated position of himself as a cop that he's That's like, so funny. I'm part of Hawaii Five O. I am so famous. It's um, like you're a deputy in some backwater little sheriff's department, my dude. You were not Hawaii Five O. Um, so Suki wakes up at Bill's house and Bill has not come home. So she drives home hearing sirens and eventually follows them to the house in which the vampires were nesting, which in the book they explain is like on the outside of, um, Bon Tom on the, like between like the main road heading into Shreveport. Yeah. So they kind of explain that in the bar. Um, and that's what Andy's phone was calling about was that there was this 
murder fire. of vampires. Yes, yeah, yeah. fire and this murder of vampires. Um, and Suki sort of really panics and she says, you know, Bill was in there. Um, do you know if he's dead? And they're like, we can't tell. We just know that there were four coffins yeah. with stuff in them. Yeah. With stuff. Stuff. And Again, a credit to the special effects department because oh, in the stuff next episode, vampires sort of become into is is intense. It is stringy and bloody, and there yeah. is corn it's syrup. It's so good. It's so visceral. It's so good. Do you reckon we could eat it? I mean, <laughs> there are parts where an addicted one of the V addicts later in the series is like looking at a dead vampire, being like, "That looks tasty," and I'm like, mm, "You know what?" I'll leave my vampire. I'm not going to eat a vampire off the floor. I just, no, I just meant like the special effects part. Oh, probably not. It probably just tastes like like corn syrup and red food dye. Although maybe it's like special effects glass that's made all out of sugar. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's what I'm thinking. It just tastes tasty. But that is where the episode ends on a cliffhanger. Did Bill die? Yeah, did Bill die? Did Bill not die? And we sort of spoiled it earlier. He doesn't die. Um, Everybody knows that, though. Everybody knows that. Like, if you've seen into season, like at the end of the season, you know Bill doesn't die. Um, But that's where it ends. There's seven episodes. He doesn't leave the show until ever. (laughs) He he has a whole arc to himself later on that I'm up to, and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna. We're going to hate that. Or yeah. I'm going to be the one that's like, I really like this. And you'll be like, Kat, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Kat, no, you don't. I have, I have scientific notes here of wh- all of the reasons why you're wrong. <laughs> Stop being wrong. Stop being so positive about everything, you fuck. <laughs> Sit here and let me fester in my hatred. <laughs> I will support it because that's what I'm here for. Exactly. We support each other. I'm an emotional support true blood friend. We've both had a little bit to drink today. Oh, my alcohol's wearing off and now it's all in my bladder. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> so how about we wrap this episode up? Yes. What did you reckon? I um I like this episode because um I am so pumped for the next episode. So I feel like it's a little bit of filler. It is. It's a bit um, again, it's sort of feeling like those filler episodes from episode two and three, like we're extending the the scope of things again we're introducing yeah. new characters they don't get much agency right now it's all feeling a little bit fillery yeah the cliffhanger is good yeah but there's also like that important story arc for um for Letty may and tara and i think yeah. that that's probably the most important part in that entire episode besides think, the cliffhanger i think jason's world being expanded on is really good as well because he's finally found somebody well it, it seems like he's finally found somebody who um sort of relates to him yeah or who will complete him or is manipulating um, him or we'll who's manipulating him dun, dun, dun. We'll um but we will hit you up next week with episode yes eight. which um, is uh the fourth man in the fire and yeah. it's going to be really sad when you find out who actually does uh die in that episode yeah it's it's kind of sad but again it's a really good episode so tune in next week to find out we will see you then Bye-bye. bye bye